0: I stood at the edge of their peaks But I still couldn't see to the edge of your love for me And I walked on the wildest of waters And I sunk to the depths of the sea But I still couldn't fathom the depths of your love for me Canyons wide, oceans deep
1: This is our best sermon ever series. this is week two. Um, and here today is a legend in the flesh. Woo! what <laughs> yeah! oh, that, that means I'm old <laughs> One of the uh, matriarchs of our church, um, which also is another way of saying you're old. I know, um, I know. I know. And, and for um, those my age and younger, Um, We we talk about here that as a church that's 166 years old, that there are shoulders of giants that we stand on, giants of the faith. And these are some of the shoulders um, of giants of the faith that we stand on here today. And so today we get to hear from, for the first time ever, preaching a sermon this morning, Mary Weinbender. Can you guys give her one more round of applause?
2: Thank you. First off, I know this will be no surprise, but Sean was only supposed to use two minutes of this. <laughs> he did, however, get the little timer I did going this week. today, so yes. now I'll know where I am as we go along. <laughs> Thank you for that warm welcome. Um, first thing I want to share with you this morning, some of you may not know, I have had MS for 31 years, and you may look at me and think, well, physically, that doesn't seem possible. But something that's happened in the last couple of years is I've really struggled here, And so I have a difficulty articulating my ideas and my thoughts, and one of the more difficult things is to bring information that I have here, find the file, and then get it out here. And um, I get my tongue all tangled up, and the words don't come. And this guy knows this about me, and he still asked me to come. I don't know how wise that was. He presented another little difficulty for me, and that is when he scheduled me for the Best Sermon -Sermon Ever series, because I have never written a sermon or given one. So what does that mean for me? So I went ahead and went into prayer, because that is what I do, and that is a wise thing to do. And I prayed, Lord, what in the world am I supposed to do? And the answer was, do what you do. Do what you've done for the 36 years you've known Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And what I have done is to share what I know and I've learned in a kid's style. So this morning, I'm going to do kid's style with you. You're going to be going to Sunday school and children's church with me. Are you excited about that? Yeah. I am not going to ask you to get out of your seats and go down the hall. That's not what's going to happen. I have everything I brought with me to help you. Oh, and Sean's prepared with the fish crackers. Goldfish. I, you but, gotta,
1: I mean, if we're going to do kids church, we got to have our snack because I can't go 20 minutes without eating. But, so,
2: But the, the truth is this, only the youngest ones get the snacks. So <laughs> technically he's not supposed to have one, but if you are in kindergarten or younger, you're free to come and get a little snack. <laughs> okay. So I need to make sure you guys are all ready to go. So first off, I need to ask you, did you get a straw when you came in? Okay, and if you didn't get a straw, raise your hand, because we have straws to give. We have straws. Did anybody not get it? Right there. Joe, thank you. Is there anybody that didn't get a straw? Oh, back there. Back there. Okay. Normally, normally I would never pass out an object that I plan to, to the kids that I plan to use at the end of the session. But... I am trusting you guys to be mature enough not to play with the straw. If you think you can do that, let me know. Put a thumbs up like this. Great. If you're gonna have a little trouble, go ahead and put it under your chair. (laughs) And don't take it out until I tell you. Are you ready? Okay, one thing I'm gonna ask you to do is to participate. You have your straws, you'll need them later. But what I'd like you to start participating First off with me is to pray. Would you pray with me? Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, thank you for each person that is here. And I pray, Lord, as the words come from my mouth, from my mouth, they will reach the ears with the message you have for each and every person. Lord, you are so good, and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. What you do... You're looking at me like, you is there some expectation? No, no, no,
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm listening. Perfect. I'm here to learn.
2: I'm here <laughs> Sean, to learn. Sean was in eighth grade when I met him, so he didn't have the great privilege of, of uh, actually learning under me as a little person. <laughs> we have a story. That's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first off, our classes are set up according to developmental stages, as you can imagine. And so we have nursery, toddlers, preschool, and children's churches for grade school kids. And every classroom is set up such that it's designed to have a lesson with supportive things like music, or stories, or Bible verses. As you that's a good idea for Sunday school, right? So that's how we set it up. Well, this morning we don't have time to go into something really large. So we're gonna take a couple of basic fundamental lessons that most children learn from infancy and then they are developed as they get older and go through the stages. All right, we're gonna to go to the nursery first. Who are in the nursery? Babies, precious little bundles who can't do anything for themselves. Every need is taken care of. So the teachers in this class, you would think there's really nothing they could teach them about God, but there is. In this class, the teachers take care of the needs of the babies as they rock them and feed them and they play with them. And they also speak really simple, practical, and powerful truths over the children. They tell them, God created you. God made mommies. God made daddies. God made the Animals, kitties and doggies, God loves you. And although they don't have the ability to grasp these concepts at this point, we do know that whatever words are spoken to a child and the way we speak it to them, especially when we're caring for their needs, it helps them to understand the world around them. So this is a great privilege to have when you're a teacher for this classroom, as it is for all of them. Well, as a baby becomes a toddler, Repetition is the name of the game, over and over and over again. You've read a book to a child, haven't you, 20 times in a row? (laughs) They love the same stories, they love the same songs, over and over. Well, it's at this point often that children are taught a very, very classic song to teach some very basic principles. Does anybody know or can they name that song? Jesus loves, me. Jesus loves me. Thank you. That's exactly it. And we're gonna, we are going to sing that song together this morning. Now, if you know the song, sing it loud, because this guy and I, neither of us can sing. So we want to hear your voices. But if you don't know the song, that's okay. You go ahead and just listen to the words and let them sink in. All right? Okay, last time, Sean, and I let you get it started, so I'm going to let you do it again. <laughs> and somebody who so can generous. sing... Get on over yeah, yeah, the top okay. of this.
1: Okay, here we go. You ready? Right. I'm ready. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so.
0: Little
1: ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me.
0: The Bible tells me so.
2: Yeah. When a child learns that song, especially if they learn it really early, think about this. They have stored in their memory a very basic and important truth, and that is, Jesus loves me. And even if they don't know the specific scriptures of where that is found, they do know that it's found in the Bible. So they are off to a great start. The next room we're going to head on to is the preschool room. Did I tell you that that was the toddler room, or did I call it the preschool room? You called it the toddler room. Perfect. There you go. I'm not always sure of what i said. (laughs) So we are going to the preschool room. Now, the kids in this classroom are excited about everything they learn. (laughs) Not only that, but they can memorize an amazing number of facts, and they love to share them with you. (laughs) So sometimes by the time the kids have gotten to this age, They have saying Jesus loves me for years, probably several years, whatever, four years maybe. And so when you ask them in their class, who loves you, they'll go with an enthusiastic, Jesus, Jesus loves me. They know this. They know that Jesus loves them. In this, at this level, too, we often bring in the Bible memory and we bring in stories to help them build on the concepts that they started with in the, the last two years. And so here, today, we are going to have a picture that we're going to start with. And I would say, what is this a picture of? If you can see it. Oh, you did get it. Oh, you didn't get it on the big screen. Oh, sort of. So you would ask, what is this a picture of? And you would answer, or the child would answer, go ahead and say it. It's Jesus, Jesus and the children. And then a teacher might say, well, let me have you look at this picture while I read the story to you. Do you know the story about, one story about Jesus and the children is mentioned in three books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I'm gonna go ahead and read this story to you and you can look at the picture. All right, are you ready? Here we go. When Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He healed people from their sicknesses, and he did many miracles. He even raised people from the dead. Wow, isn't that amazing? One day, some parents were bringing their children to Jesus so that he could bless them. But the disciples, those were Jesus' closest friends who followed him, they didn't want the parents to bother Jesus, so they tried to keep them away. But when Jesus saw this was happening, he told his disciples, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven is for those who are just like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he blessed them. Wouldn't you love to be on Jesus's lap and have him wrap his arms around you? Well, Another thing about these kids in this age group is they believe everything you tell them, as you know. They still believe in superheroes and all kinds of things. If you tell them Jesus loves them, they believe it. If you tell them that he did miracles, they believe it. They are trusting, and so whatever you say, you wanna make sure it's true, right? All right, well these little guys, now this is where I get lost sometimes, so give me just a moment. I got lost last time too on this. Sean, help me out. Let's see. I did the. Uh,
1: we're going to talk on. about the next story.
2: <gasps> we are. A we're going to children's Act church. It out. We are going to children's yeah. church. Okay, children's church. I got to admit, this is kind of one of my favorite areas because <laughs> kids are a blast. You never. You can. You can prepare and prepare and prepare for a children's church class, and then what happens happens. So you have to be prepared, Pat change at just in the moment. So what we have here in this class, what you need to know is by this time when they get to this age, these kids have been around the block a little bit. They've learned that the world is not what they used to think. Things are not black and white. They have some worries and they have some concerns. And when they look at the world and they see that it's not lining up with what they once thought, many questions come to their mind and they want answers. It's also at this time that kids often, um, if they've been in the church or they've known a lot of the stories, they realize that they're saying with their mouth, I believe God made me. I believe Jesus loves me. I believe the Bible is God's word and it's true. But they also recognize that they can no longer just speak the words with their mouth. Something else has got to happen. They're noticing that what's here is affecting what's here, and they need to do something about it. And so these kids sometimes are ready to make some tough decisions, and, and they do. Well, this morning, I want to share with you one of the all-time favorite uh, stories, parables, that this group has liked through the ages. And there's a message in it that helps them understand what we're talking about, that these, these struggles that come to us. So, usually, I know what I wanna say. This is not a story I can just read. This is a story that has to be acted out. And so I have arranged for some wonderful actors to come up and help tell the story. So if those actors would come up here, actors and actresses, come on up. We're going to do the story of the Good Samaritan, and I'm going to find my page that helps me out. There it is. Nope, that's not it. Here, get rid of that one. <laughs> See, with kids, you never worry about doing this stuff when you're in front of the kids. They're very, there we go. They're very um, forgiving. I hope you are too. Very forgiving, because I have trouble, as I mentioned. Okay, here we go. Sean's gonna get rid of that. All right, these wonderful people over here have agreed to do this. I love them, and they love me. That's why they're up here. All right, I'm gonna set up the story for you first by introducing the characters, all right? All right, the first thing we have is the man. Just raise your hand, don't move. Yeah, sorry, I didn't give that direction. Just raise your hand. <laughs> the man, okay, and then we have two robbers. Raise your hand, robbers. Woohoo, robbers, okay, yeah, shouldn't probably, Probably shouldn't celebrate, you guys. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, A Jewish priest. Where are you? There you go. Oh, yeah. And a Levite. Right there. Good. And a Samaritan. That is a man from Samaria. He showed up. Thank you, Zach. We didn't know. (laughs) Zach wasn't here. And so we had Joe Hoover was his backup. (laughs) I am excited to see what's going to happen here today. All right. Do you think he knows the story? Uh, I know he knows the story, <laughs> but I know Zach, so I don't know what's going to happen. All right, and then we have an innkeeper. There we go. So, these guys are ready. Wait. Wait. One one thing is missing. Hold on. The, I didn't have this one prepared either. The Samaritan Semit- has a donkey. A donkey. A donkey. <laughs> Sean is here to help me, right? There he goes. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. He told me he would be here to help me like I told you. In case I got in trouble, he would be here. There he was. Thank you. All right. All right. This is how it's going to go. You guys ready? Okay. I'm going to give you a little backstory. So here we go. Now, this is the first part that I'm going to tell you is actually what happened before Jesus told a parable, okay? One day, when Jesus was talking to a group of Jewish people, an expert in the law asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And basically, he was asking, what do I have to do to be perfect? And since, the guy was a, since this guy was an expert in the law, he thought he already knew how to be perfect because he knew all the rules. He just wanted to see what Jesus would say. Of course, Jesus knew what he was thinking. So Jesus asked the man, what is written in the law? And the man said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and then love him with all your strength and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the man asked another question, who is my neighbor? It's that question that prompted Jesus to tell the parable of the uh, Good Samaritan. Now, as I tell the story, I want to tell you also, often we'll read directly out of the Bible and tell the story, and then it's acted out. But because I want to give you some background information that you might not understand, I'm going to interject a little. And so I'm going to go ahead and narrate it, and then our actors will act it out. All right. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, That would be you now. You can move. Okay. Right there. Did you not get those directions? I am so sorry. Right there, right there. That's good. Stop right there. When he was attacked. Wait, wait, wait. Lights. Light, light, lights. Light. Light. Perfect. Okay. When he was attacked. And they, they stripped him of his clothes. Yes, they beat him. And then they went away. They went away. Go away. (laughs) leaving him, yeah, take his clothes, that's good, leaving him half dead. Oh, by the way, everyone who was listening to this story was Jewish, so they knew about, they knew that road that Jesus was talking about. Okay, you can't, you just lay there. Jesus continued. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, not down there. Oh, you didn't get directions either. Right there, down there, right there. Listen Thank you, sorry. They, you know, they didn't get all the directions. I, I wasn't able to. Okay, a priest happened to go down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So you're going to go that way. You do. Okay, there we go. Now, you would expect the priest who was supposed to serve God would stop and help, but he didn't. And then a Levite came by. Go ahead, Levite. And he saw the man that was beaten, and he too went around on the other side. You would think, since he's an assistant to a priest, that he too would stop. But he didn't. Finally, Jesus said, a Samaritan came by.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, stop for just a moment. Now, now, something you need to know, I didn't mention it earlier, is Samaritans and Jews did not get along. In fact, nobody listening to this story would expect a Samaritan to help. Okay, so you need to know that. So, along came the Samaritan. And he saw the man and had pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds. Then he put the man on his donkey. Yep. <laughs> no
0: putting him on the donkey, though.
2: Uh, <laughs> and he and he took him to an inn. He took him to an inn and took care of him. Get
0: on, get on. Come on,
2: Sean. All right. So he oh. took care of him. Hold on. He took care of him. And then yeah, you could yeah, just take care of him. Pat him nicely. There you go. All right. The next day, you can come up here. The next day, you ready?
0: You spent the night here.
2: You did. You spent the night there. All right. So the next day, the Samaritan took out money and gave it to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him, and when I return, I will pay repay you back for all your expenses that you've had. All right. You guys can move that way. Move that way. And then I'm going to ask you, this, this is going to go on, but you guys can move. Go ahead and go off. Okay, we're done. You're done. Go on that way. No, you'll get one. You'll get one. Just hold on. Sure, stay there, I like that. Okay, the, no, you, <laughs> you stay there. Okay, then Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to a man, the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law didn't even want to say the word Samaritan, but he had to admit it was the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him to go do likewise. In other words, go and love everyone, even people you don't like or those people that everybody else wants to avoid. You see, when you show love, we are obeying Jesus. Obeying God doesn't mean just doing the rules that he's given. It means loving him more than anything and showing his love to every single person you meet. Let's thank our actors as they take a bow and go back to their seats. Thank you. Thank uh. you. It's hard to be me sometimes. Okay. There we go. So, I think this is when we're taking our straws out. Go ahead and take your straw out. We're going to use them next. Is that right, Sean? Yes. I think so, too. Let me get my pages set up right. Ah, yes, this is it. All right, take your straws. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and if the answer to the question for you is yes, you're going to hold your straw up high like this. If the answer to the question is no, just keep it low. If you have the wiggles and you're feeling like you need to move, feel free to stand up first and then put the straw in the appropriate place. All right, here we go. Oh, that is not... Nope, that's the connection one. Sorry. This is... See, I prepared all these things, and then they get out of order. (laughs) All right, here we go. Okay, have you ever drink out of a straw? There you go. Everybody has. That's good. So this is what you need to do. Now, every question I ask you, you have to have it in your mind first. When I drink out of a straw, do I? Got that? Put a thumbs up if you know it. If you got that, good. All right. So have ever sipped just a little to test it out and then you continue to sip slow and then you savor the taste that's in your mouth? Have you ever done that? Yes or no? Okay. Have you ever tried drinking something that ended up being too hot and it hurt you and you weren't sure if you wanted to continue drinking it? Yeah, most of us have. Okay. Have you ever drank it up something in so fast that you got filled up and you weren't even sure you could keep it all in? <laughs> Me too. Have you ever drank something that was so enjoyable that you worked hard to get all of it from the bottom and then you removed the straw and you tried to get every last drop out of it too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so I am that there's a few of you in here maybe that are thinking, why are we talking about straws? What does that have to do with anything else we've been talking about? And I would tell you that's a very valid question, and I would tell you also, I'm not going to tell you just yet, because we're going to bring them out a little later. What I am going to do is I'm going to ask you a few personal questions, all right? You don't have to say anything out loud. You don't have to nod with your head. Just think about these things. And here they are. As we were going through the different lessons that we covered today, were you thinking any of these things? Oh, that's all nice and good about kids. Of course, Jesus said, let the children come to me. Who wouldn't? They're so trusting. They believe everything you tell them. They don't have any worries because their parents take care of everything for them. And they they really haven't done anything that's very wrong. But I'm not like them. What about a person like me? I'm not a kid, and most of the time I'm not very lovable. I've made bad choices, more than I can count or I'm willing to admit. I don't really trust anyone, and I never really learned any of this stuff that you're talking about, or if maybe I did, none of it stuck. Either way, I'm not even sure what I believe. If any of these things have crossed your mind, I have really good news for you. Jesus did say, let the little children come to me. But he also said this in Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are struggling and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, it doesn't matter how old you are or what you have or haven't done. Jesus says, come. Are you struggling or burdened? He says, come. He's ready to welcome you, to teach you, and to help you. You have everything you need if you have this, one of these, and you are willing to take this and this and engage them while you meet with Jesus. Bringing out your straws again. Got got me there? Oh, there we go. This is where we connect the straws to where we've been. Imagine yourself drinking from this, God's word. If it's just the beginning and the first start for you, you might need to take little sips to get a taste of it. And then you might need to take in a little more slowly, savoring it and letting it settle in a little at a time. And sometimes when you drink it, it will hurt and be painful, but be brave. Keep drinking, struggles are gonna be happening and there may be things that you need to surrender. In fact, you will need to surrender your whole life and let God be in control. But remember, Jesus is with you he is gentle and humble, and he is interested in lightening your load, not increasing it. Then one day, I pray, you will want to take in those really big gulps and let it fill you until you are so full you don't even know if you can keep it all in. And I say, don't. Don't keep it in. Instead, tell the whole world about it and let it spill out around on those who are around you and let it touch them too. As you come to love and trust Jesus more and more, there will be times that you will so enjoy in drinking this, you will work hard to get as much as you can, so even the deepest parts of your soul will be touched. Maybe you are here, or with us on, um, online, maybe you're here and you have known Jesus as your Lord for some time, but you've allowed issues of the world to distract you, so you've grown cynical, prideful, Self-sufficient or self-righteous. As a, ro- a result of this, walls have been built between you and God, and you've built walls between people. Those people, you know them. The them's, the ones that are wrong and think differently than you do. Jesus says the same thing to you: "Come." But when he says "come to you," he says, "Come." And let me tell you the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan again, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and because I love you. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves me. I know this because the Bible tells me so.